Today on the Table of Content, we talk with Joe Potts, one of our writers and contributors to We Are One Body Audio Theater. We'll dig a little deeper into where Joe comes from, what stirs him up when it comes to creativity, and how he got involved with audio theater. Stay tuned. All that coming up on the Table of Content. Welcome and thank you so much for being with us here on another episode of The Table of Content where we talk about everything cool, hip, new, and awesome happening with We Are One Body Audio Theater. I am your host, Albert Sines, and today we have joining us, not in studio, but joining us for this session, Joe Potts. Joe, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Albert. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, such a great pleasure to have you. And uh, let me give a disclaimer to everyone who hears this episode. This is in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, which is uh, obviously causing great turmoil across the world. Uh, But we are continuing on uh, as best that we can here at We Are One Body Audio Theater. So we are doing all of this remotely. Uh, so Joe is in the comfort of his own home. I am in the comfort of my cold basement, uh, but nevertheless, uh, we are uh, making this happen. Uh, so we're giving uh, leeway to any extra noises that you may hear as a listener, uh, whether it be clocks chiming, cats meowing, or uh, children in the background. Uh, so without uh, any any further delay, let's get into this and uh, talk more with Joe. Joe, so I, I'm curious uh, because I know you as the writer and contributor uh, to audio theater, but I don't know you outside of that realm. And I'm curious as to, is this your, is writing your, your whole past or is there something else that you did uh, before you picked up the mighty pen and paper? Uh, Albert, there's all kinds of things that I did because I really didn't get started much in writing until about 20 years ago. Um, I am a uh, retired engineer. Uh, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, went to Carnegie Mellon University, where I got a degree in mechanical engineering and uh, had a career in the engineering field. Uh, But I was always interested in writing. Uh, in fact, when I went to Carnegie Mellon, uh, I, I took as many English literature courses as I could because I was very interested in that. And I also uh, loved reading uh, books and uh, the newspaper all the time. I, I read the uh, weekly columns by humor writers, which interested me a lot. Uh, But it wasn't until uh, I was about 50 that I started actually doing some real writing. I fiddled around a little bit here and there, but that time I thought, I want to try a little bit of writing, and I was interested in humor columns. So I started writing humor articles and submitting them to uh, the local newspapers where I had a little bit of success doing that. So I, I'm 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 kind of really caught up on the point that you 
or doing engineering. So it seems like a huge contrast to do engineering and then you have writing on the other side. Was that surprising to you or did that feel natural to kind of have the creative side over and then engineering on the other? Well, I'll tell you, Albert, it was it, it was a little bit odd. I sort of felt like an engineer who should have been something else. Maybe. Uh, yeah. In fact, the reason I became an engineer was because I was so interested in the space program. And, of course, I read a lot of science fiction. And uh, at the time I was in high school, uh, I read a little pamphlet written by Werner von Braun, the rocket scientist, who said, uh, here at NASA, we employ mostly mechanical engineers. And I said, well, by golly, that's what I'm going to be then. <laughs> uh, but I, I was always interested in writing and and always um, felt like that was something I should be doing. Uh, my mother, when I was in high school, had suggested, why don't you become a technical writer? And by golly, she had something there. That might have been a good career path. Uh-huh. Well, so let's 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 move ahead now a little bit. So you you say you started actually writing about 20 years ago, and I take it that was in the midst of your career. Um so, That's correct. So there must have been sort of I'm guessing a transition as you start to sort of head towards the end of your regular career, your writing is becoming a greater part of your life. And did you feel kind of that that draw? If you could sort of see the end of your engineering career and you could see the writing as sort of a, a large light at the end of the tunnel? Oh, very much so. Yeah, I, I felt like then uh, I would have the time that I needed to uh, devote to writing and uh, also uh, the energy because... Uh, now, when you're young, you can work all day and then do all kinds of things in the evening. When you start to get towards retirement age, you find that by the time you get home from work, maybe you don't have as much energy as you'd like to throw into the writing. And so, yes, I was looking forward to the time when uh, I was I was retired and whatever uh, time and energy I had, I could devote to my writing. So can you remember clearly? that point when you finally kind of came to an end of your regular career, was there a, a point in, in your thinking or your emotions where you kind of felt finally completely free to just completely give yourself to your writing? Oh, sure. Uh, actually, I remember walking out of the parking lot thinking, as you say it, I'm free. And <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it. Sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I I really did start to uh, write more and uh, also uh, think about what kinds of things did I want to write. Uh, at that time, as I said, I was concentrating uh, purely on short humor articles. And, uh, you know, some of my heroes when I was very young were the humor writers. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, 
like I said, I was uh, also very much into science and science fiction and, uh, you know, read uh, not only the classic pieces such as, you know, by H.G. Wells and Jules oh, yeah. Verne, that type of thing. But also, uh, you know, the big writers at the time, Arthur C. Clarke, uh, Isaac Asimov, uh, Robert Heinlein, those kind of people. So um, I, I also... And I, and I was also a big Twilight Zone fan. Oh, yeah. Rod Serling all the way. Yeah. I mean, and at that time, uh, so many people felt that way. Uh, the Twilight Zone just took uh, particularly, I feel, young people by storm. And uh, who didn't want to be Rod Serling, you know? Well, I have a question for you on two fronts. I'm going to quiz you. So first, on the Twilight Zone, favorite Twilight Zone episode? Uh Little Girl Lost, where uh, a married couple can hear their daughter calling for help, but they can't see her. Oh, yeah. This, this is in her bedroom. And she, as it turns out, she has fallen through an interdimensional hole that is in their wall there and and uh, can't come, can't make the transition back to uh, our plane of existence. You know, I, uh, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say. Fortunately for them, they lived right next door to a physicist who understood all that kind of stuff. Of course, of course. <laughs> How convenient. Um, you know, I, I can't pick out a favorite episode, but I, the one episode when I think of the Twilight Zone that stands out the most to me is the one with a very young William Shatner, and he's on the airplane, and he sees out the window that uh, that creature. And uh, it, he, it's the middle of a storm. The airplane's trying to get to where it's going, and he keeps seeing it, and no one believes him. Uh, and of course, it continues to come closer and closer until it finally sort of uh, gets him, and uh, still no one ever sees him. Uh, and you know, it's him kind of deranged by the end of it all because no one believed him, but there was that monster creature out of the window. That's the one that I always think about when I think about the Twilight Zone. Uh, I remember that one very well. Uh, that was in the final season. And um, the author of that one, because I don't think that was a Rod Sarling, I think that might have been a Richard Matheson okay. story. Um, uh, he said, and I have to agree with him, he was disappointed in the way they made the creature look. And I agree with that. The story is a great story, but in carrying it off on TV, perhaps they could have made the creature look a bit less clown-like. Sure. Well, let's uh, let's kind of uh, move on because I could keep talking about old authors and old shows, but let's let's bring it up to speed and let's get to audio theater. Uh, how how did you even get involved with We Are One Body Audio Theater? Well, after I retired, uh, I became aware of a writing group near me. Uh, called the Delmont Area Writers Group, or DOGS for short. And it met on Wednesday mornings. Now, while I was working, obviously, I could not uh, attend. But once I retired, I started attending that writers group. And sometime after that, uh, Greta Lynn evidently wrote to various local writing groups, uh, telling them about 
audio theater and saying, do you have anyone who wants to write stories? And so that's how I first heard of it. Uh, uh, honestly, up until that time, I did not know that it existed. Mm -hmm. And also at that time, I had not written any fiction. And so, uh, but as coincidence would have it, an idea had been kicking around in my mind for a story. And so I thought, well, maybe I should try writing this and see what happens. And so that's what I did. And uh, that story became The Test, which was my first uh, story on the audio theater. And since that first story, you've had uh, the the joy, I hope, of writing more stories for us. One, one notably that I want to focus on here uh, before we lose too much time is you got to kind of, uh, you were the creator of our first show, our first episodic show, uh, Electron Jones. Uh, and I was wondering if you could sort of uh, talk a little bit about uh, the creation of Electron Jones, a little bit of your inspiration, and how you felt uh, having be able to hear it fully cast and put together with sound effects and uh, the, 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 full, the full shebang, if you will. Well, another uh, favorite of mine through the years was Sherlock Holmes. Sure. And so I had thought from time to time of possibly writing a Sherlock Holmes type story. Now, somewhere around that same time, I was reading an article, I believe, about subatomic particles, and it just occurred to me that Electron sounded like a pretty neat name for a character. And so as I thought about reading a Sherlock Holmes story, I thought, well, I should mix this with my love of science fiction, and we'll put this guy in the future somewhere, in a, kind of in a totally different existence from what we have here. And... That, in a nutshell, was how Electron Jones came about. I tried to make him be something like a, a futuristic Sherlock Holmes. Now, as far as the productions, I mean, I, I can hardly describe what it's like to hear people <laughs> that are way more talented than I am take <laughs> this and turn it into something, uh, you know, that in my mind is so wonderful, the... the um, Characters just, to me, jump off the page, or I guess maybe off the screen, out of the screen, from the performances uh, uh, that people bring to Electron Jones. And then, of course, having theme music written for it and sound effects. It's, uh, I mean, when I thought about being a writer, I never envisioned something like that. So it's really, to me, pretty incredible and it makes you realize then that the story, when you hear the final product, you realize it's much better than what you wrote. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I remember uh, getting cast as the narrator and being able to give sort of uh, that sort of 
overview or that energy to the storyline, uh, you know, kind of sounding like a like an like a film noir sort of type of radio broadcast. You know, I remember that intro uh, uh, saying uh, "Electron Jones." You know, it just was this great sort of uh, fun fun uh, production to be a part of. And you know, Dennis being cast as Electron Jones gave. Uh, I think I think he was I think he was the perfect Electron. And uh, Dana, I, Dana, Dana Rizzo being, you know, the, the the faithful sidekick, sort of picking up the the Watson sort of uh, persona. It, it was all. It just was such a great story that you put together, and I, I think uh, I think you are uh, entitled to to feel sort of really uh, great about the way that we sort of made that production come together. Well, thank you, Albert. And I agree on Dennis and Dana. They and the, and the whole cast—they did terrific jobs. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I, I think that for all of us, it was such a great first step into ep- episodic uh, programs. And I think uh, we have to tip our hats to you for giving us such great content to work with on Electron Jones. Um. Well. Uh, I, we're we're kind of running up against the end of our time here, Joe. But I I want to thank you for taking some time to be with us uh, for this episode. But I also want to extend a big thanks to you for just the the time that you take and the care you put into your writing because uh, we're able to share such good stories with everyone who who listens. So thanks for being inspired many many years ago in the midst of engineering classes to. Uh, to take uh, as much writing and English classes as you did, because I think we can see the fruits of all of that time spent uh, where it is now. So thank you very much for using your creative talents and sharing them. Well, thank you, Albert, and thank you for having me. Uh, I want to encourage everyone, if you want to hear more Joe Potts, uh, and uh, he also actually uh, offers his voice talents from time to time, uh, go to our website, waobaudiotheater.org, uh, or look us up at We Are One Body Audio Theater, if you can't remember that web address. Go to our contributor bios, look up Joe Potts, uh, and you'll find all of the stories that he's contributed to, whether it was writing uh, or his voice talent, uh, and particularly take a take a listen to Electron Jones. It's a, it's a great Uh, It's a great series. Joe, thanks again for being with us. And I want to thank everyone out there for listening. And I wish everyone well and peace. And join us again for the Table of Contents.